0: Luke chapter 4 in the Bible. We're going to have a prayer meeting at the end of our meeting. We're going to pray at the end of this service over Israel. Amen. We're going to pray over the war. We're going to pray over the IDF. We're going to pray over Israel. We're going to pray over the hostages that, are, that, the, that the IDF and American troops, you may not know this, American troops are in Gaza. Yes, they are. It's not on the news. Okay, and there's a reason it's not on the news. Um, a lot of people don't. A lot of people in America don't want anyone to know that American troops are actually helping the IDF, but they are. Thank God for it. So anyway, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But we, I'm going to do something right now. I'm going to obey God. And I want to talk to you about your prayer life, our prayer life. Thank you, Zach. Appreciate that. Um, a church like this, a church. Jesus said, um, I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't stand against him. And then he made a statement. He said, the church, you know, is, is, you, you know it's, it's a house of prayer. And he talking to the Jews, you made it a den of thieves. We should be a house of prayer. I'm not opposed to you coming in and, and listening to me preach. But that there should be more going on in church than you sitting, waiting on me to put a worm in your mouth. And just entertain you, give you a scripture, and send you home. We need to be a powerhouse in the earth for God. And um, there's a lot of things that happen in the earth that should not be happening, and the church can stop it. Now, I'm going to say some things today, and, I, and I'm, I want you to listen intently because you're going to learn something very valuable this morning. All right, Luke chapter 4. Does God need your prayers? Yes. Why? Did you ever think about this? Now we have an idea and this idea began in church. It it is it is almost almost every church in America has this mindset that God is sitting up there with a with a book of what is going to happen and there's nothing you can do to change it because he's God. That is not true. See, you see how quiet y'all went? I went in a prayer breakfast one morning. I got invited to the Republican prayer breakfast. I got there, there was no food. That's I I need to talk to the Republicans about feeding people at a breakfast. Anyway, I went to the prayer breakfast and I did something because I, I you know I knew I had one chance at these people. And I stood up and I said, Can God do anything? Everyone said yes. Everybody. Now let me say something to you. Everywhere I've ever been and I have said that statement, 100% of the people say yes. And the answer is wrong. Because you were religiously taught and not Bible taught. That is the reason that America and the world's in the mess. Christians don't pray for the simple reason They've been taught God is running everything in you. He's already got a script. Who are you to tell him to change it? Amen. Don't get quiet on me. So I told the people at the Republican, I never got invited back. I have a bad habit of not being welcome everywhere I go. But that's all. Right. I said, first of all, God can't lie. He can't. Number two, He can't die. Number three, He can't change. He can't change His mind. If Cindy wants to get saved today, God can't go. Tell her to come back tomorrow. I'm God. Nobody gets born again today. He can't do that. That, He can't. And we've got this idea that God's running the earth. He's not running the earth. If He's running the earth, it's a mess, and he's got it in a mess. All the people dying. So you hear this on the news. You hear it on Facebook, and you've heard it everywhere. And the reason sinners say it is church member taught it to them. How does a good God allow babies to die? And, and many of you have gone, yeah, I want to know why does a good God, if he's a good God, why is he allowed? Who said he's allowing it? He's not allowing anything. So John Wesley, if any of y'all are former Methodist, made a statement. He said, it seems as though God can do nothing but someone ask him. Why that is, I don't know. Now, he understood that without prayer, nothing happened. But he didn't know why that was. Brother Hagin asked the same question. And the day Jesus walked into hospital and sat down and pulled up a chair and said, I'm going to answer your question. He said, I gave the earth to Adam. That's right. Who, whose earth is it? It's, it's your earth. Amen. This isn't God's earth. I'm going to pop your bubble. You're here for eternity. You're not going to heaven. The, come to Jesus, go to heaven. That's not true. Heaven's God's home. It's not yours. You say, are there mansions there? Yeah, I'm sure there are. What do you think is going to happen during the millennial reign? Where are you going to be? Right here. And then when the new heavens and the new earth come down, where are you going to be? Right here. He gave this to Adam. It's Adam's earth. Adam gave it to Satan. Jesus came and took it back from Satan and handed it to who? The church. You're the restraining force in the earth. If you're not restraining the devil, he is not being restrained. Now, I thank God for police. But, you know, some, I, don't, I don't like coming over the hill and seeing them sitting on the side of the road. I, you know, there's one, there's an empty cop car on the vic down here, if y'all want to know. Don't tell Tanya I said that. Because <laughs> I drove by the other day, 50 miles an hour, and looked inside of it. And there, I said, thank God there's nobody in that car, you know. <laughs> okay, don't look at me so religious. <laughs> no, I was actually slowed down by the time I got to the car. But you know, in all reality, I thank God for the cops, they're not making laws, they're enforcing them. Well, the church is supposed to be enforcing and keeping the devil at bay, supposed to be. So I'm going to preach along these lines right now, and I just want you to go with me, just go with me as I teach you some stuff, because I want to teach you, and I want to motivate you to pray more. I wanna motivate you to do something spiritual about a spiritual problem and quit trying to fix spiritual problems with natural means. Quit throwing wasted effort at the devil. The only thing gonna stop him in the name of Jesus. Okay, I'm doing good. Luke chapter one, Luke chapter four, verse one. Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So I'm gonna ask you a question. When did Jesus become God incarnate? It's not a trick question. I mean, if you if you've ever sang, Rudolph the red nose reindeer. Okay, I'm gonna come over here. Good God. This is the whole side of this church. Hmm. We wish you a miracle. Hint. When he was born in a manger. How many miracles did he do from from one to 30? But he's God. So the lie that Jesus did miracles to prove he was God is not true. Then when did they begin? When he was baptized by the Holy Spirit in the River Jordan by John and how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Ghost, and power went around doing good and healing all the of the devil. Now, we're going to read here where Jesus got his power. So, I'm going to ask you dumb question number two. Did God know why he sent Jesus? Yes then why did Jesus need to pray? Same reason I don't. I'm going to come back over here. Uh, boy, I can hear y'all's brains running like, oh, I never gave that a whole lot of thought. I mean, what? God can't answer a prayer you don't ask. Jesus left his deity and came as the earth as a man And unless you're asking, he isn't moving. So who's allowing it? We we are. are. Say no more. That's my I'm gonna motivate you to enforce Satan's defeat. And you're going to do it. We're going to do it. He's rogue. So, Jesus is going into the wilderness, and He's going to spend 40 days praying. What for? Luke 4, 14. Jesus returned into power. <gasps> Shonda! Do you think that being full of the Holy Ghost and coming out with power had anything to do with spending 40 days in the presence of God praying? Was it necessary? Was it? it, You bet it was necessary. Who's running? God's not running Jesus' life. Jesus is running Jesus' life. God's not running yours. I don't know why the Lord allowed that. He didn't. He ain't, he, he ain't got anything to do with your life. You, you, you the one running your life. Right. Yeah. You say it's messed up? Yeah, no joke. <laughs> Come to church and get the Bible out. We'll help you out a little bit. All right. Go to Acts twelve. When I'm done, when I'm done, you're gonna be highly motivated. There's some praying people in this church and praying the power down, praying God praying over your kids, praying over your grandkids. Put a stop to the devil running around messing you up. Come on. I'm actually a good pastor. I just don't have any, I I don't lie to nobody. I don't even know how to lie. I've tried to joke with Lisa and tease her, but I can't tease her long because if I lie, I can only lie for about 60 seconds. It's hard at Christmas. What'd you do? None of your business. What'd you buy me? I ain't telling you. That's the only time I'm allowed to just not say nothing. And she snoops and looks in her packages anyway. She she don't really. I'm teasing. I lied. I just lied. I just lied. Acts 12. I told you I can't keep it going very long. All right, Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12 verse 1. About that time Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. I'm going to ask you a question. Did was it God's will that he raised up an apostle and Herod killed him? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. God doesn't have a script preset that James would die by Herod so he could put it in the Bible so I could preach it. He's not writing down what's going to happen, he wrote down what did happen. Now, God's raised up this man named James, taught him the word, and put him in a church and gave him a work to do, and Herod killed the guy. Totally out of the will of God. God ain't anything to do with it. A lot of stuff happens on the earth today. And you have Christians. I know why the Lord allowed that. That preacher went home and the Lord wanted another angel up there. Stop. He's got more than enough angels without you flapping your wings up there. You silly thing. And he don't kill babies either. God just wanted a little baby. and. I'm gonna walk up to a guy in a funeral one day and just slap the fire out of him. Just lying yes. devil, blaming God for killing kids because he saw that it pleased the Jews. He proceeded further to seize Peter also. <laughs> I'm gonna kill Peter. Who who is motivating Herod? Thank you. Thank you. Well, you're not wrestling flesh and blood. You don't have authority over Herod. You sure got authority over the devil motivating Herod. Oh, I know. We're going to read. We're going to read. And when they arrested him, they stuck him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers. Herod ain't intending on losing Peter. We're going to kill you in the morning, Jack. Intending to bring him before the people. But Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But read it with me. Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. The church woke up one morning and went, you ain't killing no more preachers, devil. And they gathered together in a room, and they did not have a three-minute, oh, God, take care of Peter. In Jesus' name, pass the broccoli. No. It says constant prayer. This is not the prayer of faith. This is a They went in a house. They went before God. They went to God and they took the Word of God and they got God to intervene on their behalf. What would have happened had they not? Peter would have been killed. Your Bible would read different. You say, but but James, what about James? We don't know anything. There's nothing else in the Bible about James because the church let him die. Where am I going with this sermon? When I close in a minute, we're going to pray over Israel. We're going to take Psalm 83. We're going to pray over the IDF. We're going to pray over the hostages. We're going to pray God. Send the angels in there and get those people out. You have that much power, you bet your sweet bippy we do. Boy, I'm, well, y'all are actually getting excited right now. I ain't mean, not y'all. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping. When you're going through trouble, you really ought to be sleeping. Okay. Bound with two chains. <laughs> they got this boy locked down. And the guards before the door were keeping prison. And an angel of the Lord walked in, stood by him. A light shone from the prison. He smacked Peter on the side and said, get up. Get your shoes on. Come on, i got to get you out of here. And the angel said, gird yourself, tie on your sandals. And he said, put on your garment. Get on your coat. It's cold outside. Come on, Jack. What's wrong with that? And he went and he followed him. And he did not know that it was done by the angel was real. And he thought he was seeing a vision. And when they were past the first and second guards, the guards are out like a light, baby. They're out. I mean, the an angel comes in and bam, they're all down. Just one angel. And Herod's over there just like, what just happened to my prisoner? Come on. Come Let me tell you something. The, the Lord showed us the other day. We're in Mary Friends. There was a, a Greg Squires said that he took a teenager out and the teenager had a vision and said, angels are waiting on you to give them commands. Angels are ministering spirits for those who are heirs. They work for you. You want JoJo out of the bar? Send an angel down there and get JoJo out of that bar. Norval Hayes, one time, was praying over his daughter, and an angel walked in the bedroom and sat on the edge of the bed and scared all the dope devils out of his daughter. And he just sat there and said, you got a nine-foot glowing dude on the end of your bed. You'll quit smoking dope. (laughs) Scared the ever-loving mud out of her. And then he just grinned at her and popped and went poof. And she went, ah, and got saved. God's got, he's got a lot of angels. You got angels. And I don't mean to be ugly, but some of y'all's angels are unemployed men. They ain't worked in years. They a soup line just looking for something to do. I mean, what do you do? Oh, man, I'm Daryl Morgan's angel. that I ain't, I ain't worked in five years. I mean, the last time he ever sent me into anything. I just sit around and watch him. He'll never say nothing. Say, not my angel. I mean, I want your angel to call for reinforcements. I mean, I need help down here. ah. What do you think they're for? For us. For us. Amen. That's good. Okay, y'all are doing good. I mean, you're livelier than the first group. That's good. Where was I? Put on your shoes. Get on your coat. When they went past the first second then they came to the iron gate, which opened on its own. And they walked out. In verse 11, when Peter came to himself, he said, Shondai. I just had an angel come get me out of jail, glory be to God, and deliver me from the hand of Herod and the expectation of the Jewish people. And when he considered this, he came to the house of Mary, mother of John, where they were gathered praying. Apparently, he knew about this prayer meeting. Apparently, it wasn't the first time they ever got together and prayed. I want you to say this. The church church should be a praying church. Now, I'm going to make a statement to you right now, and I want you just to hold on while we go to the next one. There's a scripture that says, anyone going through a trouble, let him pray. We've done you a disservice. Every time you have a problem, we form a line and, and lay hands on you, hoping to get something from God that you're too lazy to go get yourself. You ought to be up here laying hands on people. Not, I'm not saying that there's never a time. There's been times I've walked into a church and I've said, I need some agreement right now. My faith's not working. Get your hands laying on me and get, but I'm not up here. I'm up here in faith. I'm not up here expecting to get something because I'm too lazy. I'm, I've been using my faith and I've used, I got a 220 problem and I got 110 faith. And, and put your hands on me and let's drive this thing out of my body. Nothing wrong with that. But you make sure that you're in faith when you come up. But but we gotta get, we took, we took the altars out and lined you up, and we need to go back to you learning how to do your own praying. There, you know, no one cares about you more than you. I know you think I'm gonna do your praying for you. You can't afford me. Come on now. Pastor, pray for me. No. Don't you care? That's why I'm preaching this morning. I care. Amen. Amen. The Bible says let him who's going through trouble, let him pray. Amen. If you're happy, sing. Don't, don't walk up to someone and go, I'm happy. Sing a song for me. <laughs> what song would you like for me to sing for you? Listen, I'll go to steakhouse with you and I'll eat a steak for you. You buy it, I'll eat it for you. And I'll look at you and go, how did that taste? How did that taste? That good? Yeah, that's good. No, you're not going to do that, you goofy thing. You're going to eat your own steak. Okay. We Christians created this. Go to Acts 27. I'm not, I'm, I'm only making one point. I don't have a big, I don't have a lot, I don't have a bit. I have one point. It's a good point. I, I, we're, going to become, we're going to become a praying church. We are going to become a praying church. In the time you're in right now, we need to be praying over this nation. I'm, I, I, I know that you people have, have your political bent. But the politicians, both Democrat and Republicans, are the idiots, got us in this mess. Don't f- put your faith in them. They're going to get you out. They got into office for one reason, their self. You say, Well, who's crooked? Most of them. So I'm going to go to God. You go, God, you know I need to get some deal with some those idiots in Washington and give us this nation back in Jesus' name. Okay. Now, am I going to vote the best I can? And then I'm going to pray over who I vote for, and then I'm going to pray you do your job or God will fire you and make you work at McDonald's. (laughs) I don't want to scare y'all. I've had people come in this church that were not right, and I prayed them out. I prayed one man out of the state of Florida. I did. I said, you get him out of my church and you get him out of this state. Well, he's a womanizer. I said, I don't want him within a thousand miles, any female around here. He got a job in Kentucky. Don't mess with me or tell me where you want to live. I'm being serious. There's some people I just went to God and said, you're going to deal with this. Because I, you know, I can't stand up in the pulpit and deal with this. I need you to clean their clock. And he does. Yes. Now, I don't do it often, so don't get scared. <laughs> 99% of the time, I'm very compassionate. It's that other 1%, you just don't want to mess with it. Anyway, don't mess with the women or the kids. Jesus is Lord. What, What scripture did I say? Acts 27. All right. Verse 9, 27, 9. Now, after much time had been spent, sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over. And Paul advised him and said, I perceive this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only the cargo of the ship, but our lives. I'm telling you guys, don't do this Nevertheless the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than what Paul said. I mean you're just a, you're just a, a, a prisoner, shut up. Who do, you, who do you think you are? And because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority, you don't want to follow the majority, they're usually all wrong. Advised them to set sail from the, by any means they could reach Phoenix and harbor Crete toward the southwest, northwest, and winter there. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their desire, they put to sea. Listen, just because everything turns out good, nobody told you that you need to be led by circumstances being good. But most Christians are led by everything worked out from, and there's nothing in your Bible that says you're to be led by circumstances, good or bad. They that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Amen. Well, well, you know, they gave me a raise in Timbuktu. That doesn't mean you're supposed to move there. That's right. Amen. That's right. yes. When I took this church, I, I went from $600 a day to 300 $400 a week. It certainly wasn't favorable. And then they told me I was after their money. I painted houses for a living. You can paint a house and make six hundred dollars every day the sun comes up. That's good money for a crooked preacher, <laughs> Kenny. I'm just causing trouble a little bit. New trouble. A bit. Just pray for me right now. The south wind blew. Okay, where were we? Not long after that, a tempestuous headwind, verse fourteen, arose, called a eulcliden. This is a hurricane. And the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, and we let her drive. And running under the shelter of an island called Claudia, not Worthington, Claudia, I'm sorry, Claudia, I just had to do that. They secured the skiff with difficulty, and when they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship. What is all of this worth? I'm going to say this again. You can't fix a spiritual problem naturally. Some of you, I've been working my tail off. Stop. Amen. If you're neglecting prayer, you're not going to fix it. Amen. Amen. Awesome. <laughs> When they took on board, they used cables under undergird the ship. Can you imagine wrapping cables around a ship and tying them all night. I mean, that's an enormous amount, a lot of work for nothing. <laughs> Fearing they would run aground on the Surtis sands, they struck sail and were driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day we lightened the ship, threw all the cargo over, they were trying to say. And the third day we threw the tackle overboard, they threw everything in their own hands. And when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, no small tempest beat all hope. Now let me talk to you for a minute. When, when there ain't no hope, there is God. You got God. And sometimes it isn't until you have run out of everything you're going to try before you go, I think I need to pray. Yeah, good idea. Come on. Don't look at me and tell me there's times you haven't run out of steam before you went. God, help me. You can always tell when I see certain people coming back to church. Their life is hell. They come back and go, it is hell out there. Welcome home. You should have never left you, goofy thing, all right. No, you're kind. You're nice, be nice. No small all hope that would finally be given up. But after long abstinence from food, Paul stood in the midst and said it doesn't say he prayed. But what do you think he was doing in the bottom of that ship? Oh, you bet your sweet Bippy. They're not listening to him, and he's not in charge. He's only a prisoner. But they let him go down to the bottom of the ship, and he went down there and got a hold of God. And he didn't leave. It didn't say he was down there for one hour. It didn't say he was down there and just confessing the word of God out of a Mark Hankins book. It said he went down there and and he was praying probably in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the spirit. Building himself up. Praying out the perfect will of God. And guess what? An angel comes and pops in the ship. And says, Shondai, I have been sent from God. What do you need, dude? Now, you're going to read something here that not only did Paul get his own hide saved, he also prayed for all of the men on the ship for their salvation. There's only, now let me make a statement to you. Let me make a statement. I'm just going to make you mad. What would have happened if he hadn't prayed? Darling, he'd have died in the ocean. Well, he's the Apostle Paul. I mean, God's got it. God ain't got a script. Why do you think Satan's trying to kill him? To shut him up. Why do you think he needed to get a hold of God? Because God can't answer a prayer you're not asking. I want y'all to wake up one day and realize, I have an enemy in the earth. If you don't believe me, watch Hamas. If you don't believe there's a devil, and then if the devil is in Hamas, it's in Hezbollah. If it's not in Hezbollah, it's in Putin. If it's not in, listen, the world is full of people, full of the devil. The war over there is spiritual. It's not natural. Anybody that would blow kids' brains out is not. That's demonic as hell. And God bless the Jews. We love the Jewish people, but they're not born again. They're dumber than rocks. so why does God why are you in the earth I will build my church and the gates of hell in other words there is a group of people in the earth that know how to pray over Israel pray over the peace of Israel and he gave us the authority to pray over Israel and if we do God will send angels right in there in the middle we can get every one of those kids out of being a hostage we can make sure the IDF doesn't die we can make sure this war comes to in. Are y'all listening and y'all go home? The, the, who's restraining the devil in the earth? The churches. Are we supposed to be? Say we will. We will. We will. we will. we will. we will. You got relatives that are that are screwed up. They're messed, they're messed up. Who do you think's behind it? Do you think your dumb relatives are praying for themselves? They don't have enough sense to pray for themselves. Guess who's gonna pray them in? You are. Say, I am, I am, I'm gonna do it. Oh, this is a good service. My mother, God bless my mom. My mother made up her mind that her kids were not going to hell. And she started with the worst one. Me. I mean, if I'm going to pray for anybody, we're going to start with Daryl. He is the they wrote the Dennis and the Menace movies about me.. <laughs> Mr. Wilson did live next door. I mean, it was and so my mother, my mother, I'm out deer hunting, and the spirit of God gets on me in the woods. And, 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 and I'm, out there, I'm out there just trying to deer hunt, and I'm tired, and I'm laying in the leaves. And I said, you know, I wished I was a deer. I wished I was a deer. I'd get up and run home. I'm so tired. And the Holy Ghost gets on me and says, if you had a wish, what would you wish? I said, I wished I had ten wishes. And this, and this person says, why don't you get real? Wow. Wow. Who is talking to me in the woods? God is talking to me in the world. Why? My mama is up there talking to God about her son. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even sin without God getting on me. Come on, y'all. I said I wished I was going to heaven. I left this God second hell hole. God heard that. God heard that. She didn't back off. She kept praying until she got me in that crusade, got the power of God, hit me in the head. All dope doubles left, went home, rolled joint, celebrate being saved, and got a Bible and started preaching the gospel. And then she said, now let's work on Robin. Robin got born again. And then she said, let's work on Nancy. And she died and said, Ronnie's yours. Mama's prayers, I mean, she ain't waiting on God. And I'm going to tell you this. If my mama hadn't prayed, I wouldn't be standing here. I wasn't looking for God. I didn't have enough sense to find God. Come on. Thank God for mama. After a long absence from food, Paul stood in the midst and said, "Men, you should have listened to me. Have you ever said that to your kids? My oh God, you don't listen to me. You went the sail from Creed and incur this disaster and loss. Now listen to me. Take heart. There will be no loss of life among you but only the ship. He's pra- he prayed for every man on this ship. There stood by me this night an angel of God, whom I belong and whom I serve, and said, don't be afraid, Paul. You've got to be brought before Caesar. Indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Take heart. He granted who? Paul's asking. Yes. Give me the men on the ship too. I want, over, I want the soul of every man on this boat. You say, well, that's Paul. The prayers of a righteous man yeah, right. say, I'm righteous. I'm righteous. All right, let's, let's look at one more. Let's go to another one. Let's go to Acts 4. I, I got time. Y'all don't worry about it. Don't worry about time. Acts 4. I've had seasons that I didn't pray like I should. Have you? Yep. We've all had them. And, and the Lord will deal with me and go, you need to get back over there and start praying like you. You know. I, and I'm going to tell you something I, I, battle, I battle with my flesh like you do. When it's sunny outside, I want to be outside in the yard and doing things. I have things to do. But I've learned that there's a lot of junk going on that I need to get it changed. And I'm going to have to go find a place in my room or my bedroom, and I'm going to have to get before God. I, I got, you, you talk to your family, they ain't listening to anything you say. Right. Well, you go in there and get a hold of God, they'll listen to God. Amen. Amen. Well, he'll turn it around, too, baby. He'll turn it around. Yes. Okay. Acts 4. This is just another story where Peter and got thrown into jail and they told him to quit preaching and the government told him that they couldn't, you know, they had to shut their church down and they had to wear a mask and you know the story. That's what's going on here is the government. Satan's using the government to control the church. All right. Anyway, they, they, they threw Peter and they beat him and they and they threatened him and they, they okay. Verse 23, being let go, they went to their own companions and reported everything that the government, the Democrats, the Republicans said. And when they heard it, they raised their voice to God. Yes. One thing God wants you to do is to bring his word to him. Yes. Here's what you said. And there, I'm not going to read this, but it said, Lord, you're God. And they read Psalm 2 to God. Yes. And let me make a statement to you. I remember when the kids were little, you'd say things to them like, if you'll clean your room, we'll take you out for ice cream. Do you think the boys brought that up? You bet they brought it up. Okay, rooms, dad, you said ice cream. I know, I'll get, no, you said you're taking a, let me tell you something, I don't care what I had to do, I'm going to get ice cream. Those kids are not going to leave me alone until I go get them an ice cream. Now I'm the one that bribed them to clean their room, but they're the ones that went, uh, we got a deal, baby. Now you got a Bible with promises in it, and you need to go and open it up and go, God, I don't know whether you've noticed this or not, but you said something right here in this Bible, and I'm gonna hold you to it just like my kids ice cream. Now, I do it now. I'm I get if I say ice cream, they're getting ice cream. If you said you now I, I just you need to come up. God don't mind you reading his Bible to him, and he don't mind you holding him to it. But if you don't, he's not obligated. Can I prove it? Did Jesus die for everyone? Are they all going to heaven? No. They've never opened up their Bible and walked in there and said, "I want that." And we have a whole denominations that have never been filled with the Holy Ghost speaking tongues. They've never walked in there and said, uh, we found out there's a whole lot more to this than just making heaven. We'd certainly like all that. And if you ask it, he will get it. There's, there's a whole, you have a whole book. You say, but well, I've never seen it. <laughs> I'm preaching way better than y'all. Amen. I have books that motivate me. This is one of them. John G. Lake's book. John G. Lake was a preacher, a businessman that made 5000 a week back in the early 1900s. That's money. And he walked away from it to go obey God and preach the gospel. Now he raised support. He did not have, we didn't know about prosperity message. He didn't know it. And he went over. He had people that said I'm going to support you. And he depended on it. Someone in America accused John G. Lake of being immoral and stopped his support. His wife died of starvation. He had a work going there. He had started five Thousand churches and Satan stopped his support. Don't ever criticize churches, it's none of your business. I don't know what God's gonna what happened to the man that lied about John G. Lake and caused his ministry to die, but he did. A lot of churches die because of people. Don't you be a part of it. If you think a church is not doing right, you just be quiet. Okay. Anyway, his wife, people would come to the house for food, and she kept giving the people that came food, and she quit eating. He came home, found out she had died of malnutrition. It devastated him. He had to forgive, he had to walk in love. He moved back to Spokane, Washington and started a church in Spokane, gave up his ministry in Africa and he's in Spokane and he's praying about things and he has a visitation from an angel. and I'm going to read the visitation to you and I want you to take heart to what the angel says. During all this time I had been carrying my Bible in my hand and I re- he, the angel, reached for my Bible and he opened it up to the book of Acts. He ran his finger down over the second page, the portion where the Spirit of God came down from heaven, proceeded through the book of Acts and the great outstanding revelations and phenomena and then the angel said, this is Pentecost as God gave it to the, through the heart of Jesus. Strive for this. Contend for this. Teach the people to pray for this, this and this alone. Nothing will save America but Pentecost. The Spirit of God in church and in people is America's only hope. Next time we have a Holy Ghost meeting, don't stay home. Well, I don't need all that running, jumping. Yeah, you do. If God says jump, you jump. goofy thing. Teach the people to pray for this, this alone will meet the necessity of the human heart. And this alone has the power to overcome the forces of darkness. Boy, I want to do something right now and I'm just going to hold off. When the angel was departing he said, pray, pray, pray. Teach the people to pray. Prayer and prayer alone, much prayer, persistent prayer is the door of the entrance into the heart of God. Unless the church is praying, there's a lot of stuff that's going to gonna continue. I said that because of this. We are living in the last days. Your highest goal is to learn to pray. All hell is being vomited on this earth right now and it will get worse. If you think that um, the, uh, this mess is not going to hit our cities, it probably will. Now listen to me. It's not necessary. Jesus told Brother Hagan years and years ago, he said there's, there's a movement coming to America and he was talking about the, the hippie movement. He said, and I'm going to hold the church responsible for allowing it to come. Go to, go to Matthew. I got one more scripture. Are y'all out there? Okay, good. Father, God help me as I, help me as we close this and under, come to an understanding here. Matthew 16 16:18. Now look at this scripture, one of the most powerful things Jesus said. And I say to you, you're Peter, and on this rock I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. And I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth must be what's already bound in heaven. Whatever you allow must be what's allowed. Who has the key? We do. Now listen to what he said. Listen to what he said. What is it you're allowing? No, that's a powerful statement. Yes. What do you allow? What I allow? What you allow? I don't allow that. When's the last time you opened your mouth and said, I don't allow that. Amen. I don't allow that in my church. I'm not allowing. I'm not. A, listen to me. We're, we're not. We're not having division in this church. That's right. I don't allow that. Right. We don't have strife. I won't allow it. Listen to me. We're not having adultery. You get hung up with somebody you ain't married to. Well, I don't allow that. Not in this church. Not in this church. Not in my house. We don't allow drugs. Don't get mad at me. I don't allow homosexuality. If you're gay, get saved or leave. We don't allow that. Listen to me. I'm not allowing the devil to take over. He's not, he's not taking my money. He's not taking this nation. I don't allow it. He's not taking this city in Jesus' name. You're not taking the seat of the city of an Apopka. Are you listening to me? We said so. You drug devil, get off my kids. Get off my kids, you foul thing. Go, Jesus' name. Well, I don't allow that. I don't allow my children to backslide and go to hell. No, you're not going to hell. You're not going to hell in Jesus' name. You're not going to go. I pray the blood over you in Jesus' name. Now, listen to me. I'm not praying like that because I'm sh- I didn't learn that in Bible school. I learned that because I have family. Glory to God. And you might get a little radical, get kind of wild. You might want to find the bottom of a boat where nobody will bother you for a little while. Glory to Jesus. Now, let's, let's talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost with heaven speaking in tongues. Do you think God's some kind of nut giving you a language you don't know? No, He's not a nut. That is the single most important thing he did outside of saving you was give you the Holy Ghost the same Holy Ghost that raised Jesus from the dead living on the inside of you, giving you a language where you can pray the perfect will of God over your family and over your kids. Don't come in here ashamed of tongues. Well, I love such my relatives. Well, then pray they get saved. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost didn't tiptoe and go, don't make a big deal out of it. Y'all keep quiet about all that. Not ashamed of God the Holy Ghost? Not ashamed of the of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You take the Holy Ghost off of me, there is nothing but a Georgia redneck left. There ain't nothing here. But you give me the Holy Ghost, my God, you'll be a fire it up old Georgia redneck full of almighty God. Glory. Glory. I've had times in my life when things went bad. I mean, I don't even want to tell you because it'll depress you. You find yourself a quarter of a million dollars in debt, and the doctor said you're going to die, and your wife is going to die, and the church is splitting. That's a problem. And what was I going to do? I just prayed in tongues. And then what did you do? I prayed in tongues more. Then what would you do? I prayed in tongues more. And when God got done, someone gave me the money and got me alone turned the whole financial situation around. God healed my body, healed my wife, turned the church around, and all I did, I didn't do nothing but walk around my living room going, "Ha de de bra, I dana, to build yourself up on your most holy faith. You don't know how to pray as you ought to, but the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. Now, if I'm bothering you, 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 you need to be bothered. Now, I'm going to say something to all you heathen that are sitting here right now. I'm going to say something to you. I'm sitting in a crusade with hair down to my back and a beard to my belly. Blue jeans with holes in the knees. I set a standard 50 years ago before y'all ever did. It was holy jeans. I had holy jeans. I didn't have holy jeans because I bought them that way. I had that because I only had one pair of jeans. That's why I only had holy jeans. And I'm sitting in a crusade and the Holy Ghost is wanting to heal me. And I'm going, God, I don't want to know if I want to raise my hand, people. Look at me. I said that to God. He said, you're the weirdest dude in this whole place. I'd like to know when you began worrying about what people think about you. You're the only person in here with holy jeans, hair down to your neck, and a full belly, and you're over there someone to look at me in church. I mean, God will get on to yourself. And so I bowed my head again and said, okay, God, I'll make you a deal. I don't give a rip what anybody in this building thinks. You heal me, I'll jump to my feet and say praise in the name of Jesus. Bam! The Holy Ghost hit me on the top of my head, Kenny. And I went... I, glory to God, Jesus is Lord. And I ran to the front and got born again and went home that night and prayed in tongues all the way to, from Atlanta to Athens. And a friend of mine said, "What are you? What, what's so funny? And I went, ha, 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 I don't know. And joy hit me. By God, that's the best day of my life. I could care less when anybody in that building thought about it, but this boy got free. You come in the chair, That guy prays in tongues. You should. Well you wish you? You wish you were me. I wish everybody's crazy as I am, and you wouldn't be worried about your relatives. You're already goofy. What are you worried about? What people think about you? <laughs> they already think you're nuts. Come on. I got two minutes. Go to go to Psalm eighty-three. Yes, sir. You all ready to pray? Yes. Come on. Lisa gave me this scripture the other day, and we we're praying over Israel, and she said this. I don't know where she got it. God probably. What a, what a powerful thing to pray. Eight Psalm eighty-three. Are y'all ready to read the Bible to God? Three people. Thank you, Megan. You just keep shouting, baby. I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to read it. In in a, in a I'm going to read it, but I'm actually praying. When I get finished, I want you. While I'm reading this, I don't mind you reading with me. If you, I don't. I, I want God ain't bothered by noise. Right. Both heaven and hell are both noisy. They don't bother. Anybody but religious people. So if you want to holler and shout and read with me, you can just dive in. It's okay with me. And when I'm finished, I want, we're going to pick it up and we're going to pray over Israel. I believe what I just preached. The IDF and, the, and, and, and um, special forces are going into Gaza right now. Ground troops. Now I'm going to say something to you. I want the angels going in there with them. I want God to protect them. I want them. God, don't keep silent, O God. Don't hold your peace. And do not be steel, God. Behold, your enemies are making a tumult. Those who hate you lifted their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people. And they've consulted together against your sheltered ones. They said, come, let's cut off them from being a nation. And the name of Israel, may may be remembered no more. They have consulted together with one consent, and they formed a conspiracy against you. The tents of Edom, the Ishmaelites, the Moab, Hagarites, the, 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 the Iran, Iraq, Persia, Russia, Ammon, Amalek, Philistines, the inhabitants of Tyre and Sidon, Assyria, and they've helped the children of Lot. Deal with them like you did Midian and Caesarea and Jabin and the book of Kishon who perished in Endor, who became the refuge of the earth. Make their nobles like Oreb and like Zeb and of the princes like Zabab and Zuma and say, let us take them for ourselves. Let us take their pastures for our possession. Oh my God, make them like a whirling dust like the chaff before the wind, like the fire burns the woods and the flames set the mountain on fire. Pursue them in your tempest and frighten them in your storm. Fill their faces with shame. They may seek your name, O Lord. Let them be confounded and dismayed forever. Let them be put to shame and perish. They'll know that you and your name alone is Lord, for you are the most high over all the earth. Heavenly Father, we just prayed the word of God and reminded you of what it said. We're praying over the IDF right now. Now we're praying over the children. We're praying over the women and the children right now that are in Gaza that they've been held captive. I'm asking you angels go now in Jesus name and bring it, and bring them plans. Bring them plans. Bring the IDF plans to capture them and to get them out of there. Cause the the enemy, cause the enemy to be confused. Cause their bullets, cause them to not their their aim is off. Their bullets don't strike. Their weapons of war, they'll break and fall in their hand at their feet. Angels go and strike them before the IDF and build a barrier around them. Build a shield around them. Build a hedge around the IDF and cause them to go in. And because, and Hamas will be no more. And Hezbollah will be no more. And the enemies of Israel will be no more. And we bring this to you in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to pray over our family. over our loved one. Father, I plead the blood over every oh, over every son of a mother in this room. Over every daughter of a mother in this room. I plead the blood of Jesus over every family member represented in this room. That every one of them, if they're not born again, if they're not right with God, they'll come out of darkness into light. They'll come out of darkness. That Father God, you'll open up their eyes and the eyes of their understanding, the eyes of their heart will be enlightened and be flooded with light. We ought to, the pastor there is a now. I from the a made a Sunday. Beta take a lobby. had I surround my family. I plead the blood over Josh, Justin, and Jordan. I plead the over, blood over Che and Ashley. I plead the blood over, 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 over Cody and Tyler. I plead the blood over Rachel and Reagan. I plead the blood over my whole family. And I say their best days are ahead. I call them blessed coming in, blessed going out. I say, I say everything they put their hand to shall prosper. Father God, favor them. Give them favor in everywhere they go. Pray. Pray. Ha ha Day day, birthday, there day. ha ha About here harabo phe harabo harna me harbe harbe ha 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 when Jesus said, I'll build my church, you know what the word church means? Church is a secular term. It wasn't Bible word. What does it mean, Lisa? It's a legislative assembly. When you gather, God wants to know what you think. He wants to know what you think. What do you think about this? Well, God, we, 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 don't, we don't allow that. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You have a greater power than Washington, D.C. Amen. Paul had a greater power than, than, than the storm, and, and Peter and them had a greater power than Herod. Amen. I don't care what Herod says. Amen. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now. Satan don't like me because I taught you this. Now, he don't care what I preach. He don't care if you sing kumbaya. But man, he does not want anybody to know that you've got authority to tell him what to do. That ability does no good if you don't use it. I'm I'm requesting you do something. I'm making a request. Teach yourself to pray. Teach yourself how to pray. Your family is depending on. God wants to move in your family way more than you want to move. And you're not asking. Now, you sit here and say, well, I hadn't been doing that. Don't get in condemnation. Just stop right now and go, okay, God, I got it. I've had Mary Fran friend walk up to me one time. She said, you're not praying like you should. I said, I pray. She goes, you know what I'm talking about. I went, yes, ma'am. I've had times when God's corrected me and said, "You need to get back to praying and make you know. I want this church to be not just a word church. I want it to be a spirit and word church. You are a spirit being, and you operate in a spirit world. The rest of the world does not. They don't know anything about it. And there are times when you're going to have to be spiritual. You can't fix a natural problem with natural man. You can't fix the boat with ropes. You can't fix this boat. You can get in the belly of the ship and get this thing fixed. Father God, I thank you this morning. You've, you've honored me greatly. I'm honored the people got up this morning and walked into a place called church. I'm I'm greatly honored they came in at all. I did everything in my I did everything in my heart. I did I I poured my whole heart into what I preached. I'm not preaching a sermon just to preach a sermon. I'm I'm out to make a a, a huge change. Father, when Justin and the group goes to the schools, I'm I pray that they would pray on the way there for every teenager in that school. I pray that we would listen that we walked out of here today and went I'm not going to allow stuff in my home anymore. There's no condemnation in my sermon father I didn't mean it as any kind of guilt or shame. All of us need to all of us need to increase our prayer life, all of us in this room, every one of us. And I pray that when you come back you'll find us a praying church, a worshiping church, a giving church, a, an obedient church, but also a praying church group of people and i thank you for the opportunity today i pray that everybody will walk out here tonight today being edified and and very different in jesus name God. we hope you enjoyed this message by word of life church we just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at com. from our youtube channel to our podcast to our soundcloud and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages, and it helps us, too, that if you would love to give to the, what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button, or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.